0: hey guys i'm jim richards hope you're having a great day i hope you're having a great holiday and i'm telling you if depression or financial struggle are getting you down be sure and go back and look at last week's message about the cure for holiday depression and be sure and check out the link where you can get a free series about how to create happy holidays you know today we're just a couple of days from christmas and I'm going to take a a little bit of a of a turn from what we would normally do every year at Christmas. Uh, I'm going to provide some extra an extra teaching for you, an extra video that you that you will be able to use to answer a lot of questions about whether or not it is appropriate or scriptural or unscriptural for us to observe Christmas. This is a time of year when a lot of people get beat up with legalism. Matter of fact, you know probably there are four main categories of people who actually uh, observe Christmas. One, those who participate, as time for family to get together, and they usually love it because it's really all about family. And I gotta tell you, there is absolutely nothing evil or bad about getting together with family. Uh, Number two, there are those who are participating in Christmas out of obligation, and they usually begrudge it and those are the people that um, observe more of a commercial Christmas, and uh, sadly, they they don't win on any level. And then, of course, there are the legalists who consider Christmas to be a pagan uh, observance, and if you if you observe it, then you're in trouble spiritually, which which uh, they obviously have not read major portions of their Bible. And then there are believers who. Struggle to find meaning in it. And again, this is part of why I'm going to make a special video that uh, I'm going to give you a free download link to that, so that you can see what the Bible really says about some of these holidays that we observe. Now, but I want you to know that Christmas as a celebration can become something incredibly enjoyable and incredibly spiritually beneficial to you, to your family. To your loved ones and it it can bring a really an incredible change uh in your life by the way let me mention this be sure uh and check out all the specials that we have going on through the holidays and uh all of the ways that we can find ways to number one help you save money but number two continue to create finances to reach the ends of the earth with the gospel of the kingdom so uh be sure and check it out got some got some great specials for you and don't forget we've always got hundreds of free videos online that you can access anytime that you want now one of the things that that god taught the israelites in observing all of the feasts uh, and really this should be the way we observe almost anything that has to do with jesus his life his ministry and this sort of thing uh the feast and and the language in the hebrew uh indicates this very clearly the feast should be observed by looking back and seeing how god fulfilled his promise and going back to what the feast really meant and actually creating a a a heart connection with god you know when you observe the passover we look back at the Passover and we realize that Jesus is our Passover. So so we should always be, be looking back and remembering why these feasts were established and the benefit that they could bring by observing and by faith in our heart. But also, the children of Israel were told to also look forward, to use the feast to look forward. Now, I don't think Israel ever fully understood that because if they had, they would have accepted Jesus as the Messiah, because by looking forward at the Passover, uh, you're looking forward to the day that the true Passover Lamb came, and that 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 was Jesus. And so you can go through all of the feasts, and you can find all of these ways that you look back, and all these ways that you look forward, and you get the optimal benefit. And one of the things about looking back and seeing God's promises fulfilled, then when you look forward to the future promises being fulfilled. It gives you confidence that God is faithful. God is loyal. God will always, always, always uphold his word. So in Christmas, and I want to encourage you to do this. I know you've just got a couple of days before you're going to get together with your family, but you know, you can find ways to either A, bring this up in conversation, or B, you may even get a chance to share some of this. And by the way, you know, my free Christmas story that I, that I give away every year a lot of people take that uh, audio and they play it to their families over, you know, over Christmas dinner or as a part of their Christmas celebration, so that they can get their families connected to uh, why Jesus came. But we're looking at Christmas and we celebrate Christmas because we are looking at the birth of Christ, and so in looking back, we realize that there were hundreds of prophecies about Jesus coming and being crucified, and those prophecies were quite phenomenal. I'm not going to go into all that right now, but uh, but they were incredibly accurate. And so, so with these prophecies, people uh, knew when Jesus was coming. He came on the very day that God said He would come. He announced Himself to be the king on the very day that God said He would. He was crucified on the very day that God said He would be crucified, and He was raised from the dead on the very day that God said He would raise from the dead. And God gave us all of that information over 400 years before it happens. So you look back at something like that, and you say, "Well, wait a minute. If the if all of these all these things that God said about the first coming were true and happened exactly and precisely at the time and the way God said that it would happen, then." we can look toward Jesus' second coming, and we can know that all the prophecies, and by the way, uh, many scholars say that for every single prophecy about Jesus' first coming, there are uh, as many as eight prophecies about his second coming, which means this is an incredibly important crucial time in the history of the world and in our lives, but we have the assurance that since all of the prophecies of his first coming uh, were dead on, they were exact, then all of his prophecies that are that about his second coming are going to happen. And I'm going to tell you, this is where we need to know these things, and we need to be looking for Jesus' return, because as the world gets darker and darker and darker, we need to know that there is a, an escape that has been planned for us and, uh, and we need to be looking for it because if we do, we will find an incredible amount of, uh, of comfort in this. Now, the only thing I want to say about observing Christmas is this. You know, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And so, uh, you know, Paul ate meat sacrificed to idols and was criticized for it. And he said, look, these idols are nothing. They are dead, they are dumb, they are blind, they can't do anything, they can't hurt anybody. And he said the only reason that he would have for not eating meat sacrificed to idols would be for somebody else's conscience because it didn't affect him, he, what, he wasn't afraid of it." So according to many of these uh, legalist haters of Christmas, Uh, Paul would would be violating the word of God. I don't want to go into that, but here's what I do want to go into is uh, that the Bible speaks of two uh, separate events about Jesus coming. And this is so incredibly important that that you understand this. Uh, The first time, and let me say this, we tend to confuse those two events. Uh, and when we confuse them, or sometimes we combine them, and we it makes the Word of God incredibly contradictory. It makes it seem like, well, is God confused because He says it one way one time, He says it another way another time? No, we're the ones that are confused because we have combined two different events into one and we lose the value uh, of both of them, but we also lose the value of what many people call the blessed hope. And that's where, that's where Jesus delivers us from what is happening in the world when it reaches a place of incredible, incredible destruction. Now, the first event that, where Jesus interacts with and takes action here on planet Earth to deliver believers uh, is in what we call uh, the rapture. The second event where Jesus takes action here on earth to deliver the believers is what is what the Bible calls the second coming. Now, Jesus will eventually return at the second coming and he'll actually bring all of the raptured believers with him. And we will be a part of his army that overthrows the Antichrist and his armies. And then Jesus sets up his kingdom and we rule and reign with him here on planet Earth for a thousand years. It's amazing. So many of the places where Jesus gives warnings about what happens to people that are not, that are not, don't remain diligent, don't remain faithful so many theologians want to uh say that that's talking about not making it to heaven but the real truth is uh the rewards or the lack of rewards that the bible talks about have to do with our position of ruling and reigning with him during the millennium not what happens when we all when we go to heaven that's a that is a whole totally different thing but uh Jesus says, and this is so interesting. Now I'm I'm talking about his second coming. I'm talking about when he comes back to overthrow the antichrist and his army. Let me tell you something. All of these wicked governments, all of these, all of these people that are that are killing the innocent to get rich and take control of the world, they they will not love his coming. But I I I got news for you. People who want justice and righteousness to prevail, they're going to love his coming. But listen to this. This is this is so interesting. And Revelation one seven says, "Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will, will mourn because of him." Why will the tribes of the earth mourn? Because the tribes of the earth uh, at that time, other than other than uh, the, the believers, the tribes of the earth are following the antichrist. They are they are walking in his wickedness. They have been deceived, and they. They don't want the Messiah to come back. You know, the, the Jews didn't like, uh, even though the Bible explained to him that uh, explained to them that in his first coming, that he was going to be crucified. Well, they just didn't want that. So they just did what same thing Christians do today. The parts of the Bible you don't like, you just reject them. You find some way to get around them. And they did not want a, a Savior that was going to come and be crucified. They wanted a deliverer to come and make them the kingdom that ruled the world, and break the uh, the yoke of Rome off of their back. They had very little spiritual values, I think, and and uh, and what they looked for and what they expected uh, of the Ma- Messiah in his first coming. But you have scriptures like this where where Jesus makes it clear at his second coming, everyone he says in one place. It'll be like lightning that flashes from the east to the west. Everyone's going to see it. Everyone is going to know it. There is not a problem that you're going to be deceived about his second coming. Now, you will be deceived if you don't know what the Bible says about the Antichrist, and you don't know what the Bible says about his second coming. You could get deceived, but you don't have to, because I'm telling you, when Jesus comes back the second time, to uh, overthrow the Antichrist and his army. I just want you to know that uh, everybody's going to know. There will be nobody left out. But uh, this second coming uh, takes place only after his first interaction with the body of Christ, and that first interaction is again what some people call the rapture. Now the word rapture Many people will say it's not in the Bible. Well, it is and it isn't. The word rapture comes from a Latin word uh, that tra- transliterated would be transliterated into rapture. But the Bible talks over and over about, about the, the bride of Christ being called away, being called up, being taken you know, uh, to meet him in the air. And this is the thing that he says that uh, uh, nobody knows. When this is going to happen, and really, uh, nobody is going to have any particular signs, any particular warnings uh, that would make it possible to identify when this is going to occur. And so, this is why we have scriptures like First Thessalonians 5 2, where it says, For you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord uh, so comes as a thief in the night. Now most of Jesus or many of Jesus parables about the return of the Lord Jesus are parables about when Jesus comes back and people are unaware and people are not ready for him therefore they are taken by surprise and uh we can prevent being taken by surprise we can prevent the damage that would happen in our own lives if we are if, if we're taken by surprise, and this is the part that I want you to focus in on. This is the part where I want you to be able to look at all the promises of Jesus' first coming were exact, and so all of these promises of Him coming to catch us away, or as some call it, the rapture, all of these are just as sure as all of the promises and prophecies about Him coming the first time, about Him being crucified, about Him paying for our sins. So uh man alive. If there was ever a time that every believer needed to get back in touch with the reality that Jesus is going to come, it, it would be right now. You know, you've got these parables like the 10 virgins, how that you know, they're all virgins, which means they're all believers, uh, or they all represent believers. And there's five of them that are ready. There's five that are not ready. Now, I don't know if that means that. That in the rapture that there's going to be believers left behind because because they are not ready in their heart. I don't know that, but I'm going to tell you something. I think we need to consider that as a real possibility. You know, he talks uh, in other places about, uh, you know, about uh, a master putting his servants in charge, which is what Jesus had done. He God put us in charge of planet earth, and then Jesus clarified the mission when he said we should go out and and uh, win all of the lost uh, people in the world. We should preach the gospel the king to the ends of the earth. We should win all the lost people that we possibly can. And in in some of these parables, Jesus says, you know, as, as the master delayed his return, or as it went on for a long time, it talks about how these servants would really, they would just kind of lose sight of the fact that he was going to come back. They lost their sense of urgency. They gave up their commission that they had been given before their master left, and so and so now it says they start abusing uh, the other servants. They start, they start abusing the, the people over which maybe they're supposed to be ministering to, and I tell you, this has happened in church all over the world. Now, I'm telling you, there are great churches in the world. There are incredible pastors in the world, and I have had the privilege of personally knowing uh, many, many wonderful pastors, but I hate to say it. Man, there's abusive churches all over the world that use people that uh, is nothing but a job to a pastor. Many times a pastor that doesn't preach the gospel isn't even born again, uh, that it's just a job. It's just an income. It's just a way to make a living. And they've lost sight of the fact that Jesus gave us a commission and he's coming back and, and they're gonna have to give an account. Everybody is gonna have to give an account of what they did as it relates to the commission that that God gave us. So, uh, that coming is something that there are no signs that say, when you see this, you can know that the rapture is at hand. Now, there are scriptures, though, that will say, when you see this, you know that his coming is at hand, and that is a completely different thing. But again, here is what I want to point out to you. I want to point out to you that no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad it is, and no matter how dark the world becomes, we do not want to lose, number one, uh, the awareness that our Lord promises to catch us away and, and become His bride and participate in what the Bible calls the marriage feast of the Lamb. And all that takes place before we come back with Him. We go through a transformation. We'll no longer, you know, we will no longer be in our natural bodies. uh, And and we have already conquered death because of this transformation that we go through. And so we will come back with Him. But right now, I'm I'm trying to encourage you to lift up your eyes, as the Bible says, because your redemption draws near. You know, in a when you when you talk about uh the 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 rapture and uh, i always hate to use that terminology because there's been so much bad teaching about the rapture over the years and so sometimes because of bad teaching we just throw something away we're just like you know what that's just stupid i'm not going to listen to it but we can't do that if it's in the bible we have to observe it and determine how it should be applied to our life how it will bring benefit to our life. So uh, there is a, a doctrine that is called the doctrine of eminence. Now, now let me say this. Uh, there are three different English words that are uh, homonyms, which means they all are pronounced exactly the same, but they all three have different meanings. Now, the, the concept of eminence as it applies to the great catching away is means that uh, uh, that we should have this abiding expectation of its imminence, that it could happen at any minute. We should have that sense of urgency. You know one of the things that uh, uh, scriptures I've always used because, I've had to deal a lot with my in my ministry with people that really just were worn out and beat down, usually from religion, and they, they had lost their passion. And, you know, they left the ministry or they they you know they stopped having a an active spiritual life because that they weren't finding the uh benefits that the word of God promised that they would find. And so you know, that probably causes more serious believers to backslide than the temptation to get into sin. Because most of the people that I meet that are struggling, they don't really want to go jump into self-destructive lifestyle. They don't want to go get into sin, but they just want this to work the way the Bible says it does. Now, the only reason Things don't work is we don't read the Bible for ourselves. We don't study the word like it's the most important thing we could ever learn. You know, we put more effort in going or getting a secular education that is based on antichrist principles, false science, false medical science. You know, just it corrupts us, it destroys our faith and undermines it. But man, we will go we'll, we'll go from kindergarten all the way through high school and then we'll pay to go to college, and then we'll pay to get a postgraduate degree, and then we'll pay to go on beyond that. And we just keep paying for this knowledge that has no ability to help us. The more we learn it, the more we push the Bible to the side. And the Bible is the information. It is the knowledge that we need not only to have eternal life, but it's the knowledge that we have to live in peace and joy through the Lord Jesus Christ. So the the picture that the parables of the kingdom present is that it doesn't matter if we know when it's gonna happen, that, that, that doesn't matter. What matters is we live with this sense of urgency or this sense of passion that keeps us on fire for God, that keeps us, you know, if, you, if you're if you a child and, and, and you're at home and you know that your mother and father could come back any minute, it's highly unlikely that you're gonna invite all your friends in for a drug party. Eminence, uh, the, sense, the sense of imminence, the urgency, Actually, it has a part to play in how we manage our lives and whether or not we live God, godly and whether or not we live responsibly. And so so we've got to come back to this place where we look at this. You know, the model that that Jesus always used when teaching about the rapture, not, not his second coming, but the rapture was always about the wedding feast. And I'm not going to go into the details here, I'm going to preach a a whole series on this uh, early next year, so so you'll be able to get this, but the key to the wedding feast was that the bride and groom, they get engaged, and uh, the groom leaves to go prepare a place for her in her in his father's house. She has one responsibility, and that is to be preparing herself to meet the groom. And at some at some time, and she doesn't know when it's going to be. It could be, a, you know, it could be a week later. It could be three months later. It could be six months later. It could be a year later. It could be five, <laughs> three years later. Uh, at some point in time, she is going to hear a horn blast, which is probably something that they have agreed upon. And the groom doesn't come to her house to take her out when she hears that signal. She is ready to go. In other words his return is imminent, It's ever on her mind. She is always ready to go meet him at the moment that he indicates that he is out there at some designated place uh, to meet her and to be taken away, to be carried away to his father's house. All of that is about what the Bible calls uh, the rapture. Now, I want you to understand something. I can remember back years ago, ministering with some guys and and really, some some very prominent and influential men, and uh, uh, one of them, we were sitting have right having a conversation, and one of them just fit right into what Second Peter three tells us. It says he says scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lesson. That's something you got to realize. We are living in a day where theology new pop theology is being cre- created month after month after month and almost all of it just has to do with creating a circumstance theology that makes it all right for you to fulfill your lust live in sin live in compromise and uh, and so but then people get into the pulpits and preach that stuff as if it's in the bible congregations listen to it and don't read the bible for themselves and find out and it says in verse four it says that they're saying, "What's the? Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation." And I can remember these some of these guys talking about, "Look, every generation's ever been here uh, thought Jesus was going to return in their lifetime, and they were incredibly critical of those people. They have no sense of realizing that is how we are supposed to live, not in a way that torments us." not in a way that we quit working our jobs like they did back in 1988 and, and other, other times in, in past history, but it's the way we treat people, the way we live, the way we pray, all of these things. You know, what, what is the passion that's driving us? If we don't have an abiding awareness of His imminent return, then the real truth is we will become slackers. We will cool off. We will start taking shortcuts. It will How we live will not be that important if we think we're not going to to meet him very soon. I want to tell you, the Bible tells you in Thessalonians, comfort one another with these words. In other words, we should be looking at the fact that Jesus is coming back. We should be reminding each other that Jesus is coming back. And For this Christmas celebration, I recommend that even when you talk about the first coming of Jesus, you turn it around and you use that to launch in the fact that he is returning for a bride and that anybody that wants to can be a part of that bride. Listen, be sure and check for the link below because we're going to give you an opportunity to download uh, several free items that we think will be a blessing and a help to you. Hope you enjoy this. I'll be talking to you again next week. You have a great Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.